Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. Joshua chapter number one. The Bible says this, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your feet shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness... And this Lebanon, even under the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea uh, toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. Let's read the rest together. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Isn't that good? I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong, and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou, Joshua, shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have what? Good success. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Let's be seated and now pray. And as I pray, I'd ask you to ask the Lord to... Quiet your heart. If you're like me, there's there's plenty of things to do, even in the holiday season. And there's plenty of things on our minds. And right now we have this moment together. And we need the Lord. I need the Lord. And so let's just ask the Lord to quiet our hearts. He said to be still and know that I am God. And uh, how many of you acknowledge with me that's a choice sometimes? Not sometimes, all the time. Let's uh, bow and pray. Take a moment there with the Lord. 
Our Father, we ask that you would help us as your children who are often prone to, to busyness and to wandering thoughts, burdens, frustration over our own limitations, worry. Lord, I ask that you would help us to be still and to know that you are God. We've read your word in two places today. And your word had impact on those that heard it. And you expected that to be the case. Lord, we don't want to just attend a service. We need you to change our hearts and lives. We need you to show us how to walk. We don't want to be characterized by the success that this world offers. We want to be characterized by what you see as successful. So Lord, I pray that you would help us today, that you'd be honored with our hearts, not just our presence, but our hearts, and a heart attitude that is whole towards you. Lord, I confess I need you today. I need your strength. I need your anointing. And I need your help to give to this congregation, Lord, what would be spiritual food. I thank you for your word that it's all there. Your word is, is bread. You told us that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Thank you for your word today. And I pray that you would feed us today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The book of Joshua opens up with a death. It's really quite difficult. Um, all of us are accustomed to going to funerals and saying goodbyes. Uh, that's, that's a hard thing to open up with. But this book opens up with a, uh, with a change. There's, there's a lot of change coming for Joshua. He had spent a lot of time with Moses, and it's interesting, as he steps into that change, there's going to also be some new assignments that are given to him, and uh, with new assignments, just like if you're in a job and get a new assignment, you realize there's a little bit of challenge there, there's a little bit of the fear of the unknown, like what's going to happen, how's this all going to work out, am I going to catch on well, am I going to do a good job, am I going to please my employer? So there's, there's some of that uncertainty that, that comes there as you, you approach different life changes. Uh, there's uncertainty. What's the future going uh, to hold? As you step into retirement, as you step into a, a time of getting through a disease, uh, uncertainty that, that, is, that is there. And Joshua is going to face all of that. Multiple times, the Lord came to Joshua right at the outset. And Josh, he said, Joshua, I want you to be courageous. I want you to... I want you to be strong. I want you to be brave. I don't want you to back down. I don't want you to waffle. I don't want you to wobble. I don't want you to, to go back and forth. I don't want you to be a double-minded man. I want, you to, I want you to be strong. I want you to be full of courage. And You might say, well, that's easy for the Lord God to say, the one who controls all things, but I'm finite. I'm human. And how many of you ever get to a point where you're discouraged? You lack courage to move forward. You know what I mean? Joshua is facing something that was going to sap the courage out of him, and God's saying, be of good courage. I want you to be strong. I want you to go forward. And it's interesting that, that God tells him this is going to be in connection with your, with your relationship or your reaction, your response to my word. 
So as you respond to my word, there's going to be a courage that is going to, going to come about. But you need to pay attention to my word. So what we find here in this first chapter, and the whole book of Joshua is, is fantastic to study, but what we find here in the first chapter is, is a lot of application for you and I as we step into any sort of change, and yes, even a new year. How many of you are with me? It seems like since 2020, we, we've been hoping for a, for a good year. It was 2020, 2019. We said, ah, 2020, that's the year it's going to be great. And then 2021, it can't be worse than 2020. And then 2022, boy, people are going to be united, and it's all going to be like a utopia, and it's going to be great, and every, um, people are going to be the right place, and leaders are going to be in the right place, and all oh, that, was, that was rough too. And 23, boy, it's going to be good. And we go along, we, we hope, and we set our hope in a new year bringing, bringing good times. Even as Joshua was facing the uncertain, we don't know what 2024 brings. We don't know if it's going to bring high points, many high points, or many, many low points. We honestly don't know. But the same, the same message that God had for, for Joshua, be strong, be of good courage, and let my word dominate your heart, let it dominate my actions, is the same message that is for us today as we are on the doorstep of a new year, and yes, even some uncertainty. What's success? I guess if we passed around a piece of paper, we'd all define it maybe a little bit differently. Um, I'm going to define it here in a little bit. But I want you to be thinking about what's success? What's success? The world certainly has many definitions. If you were to do a man-on-the-street interview, you'd, you'd probably be all over the board, get people talking about what success is. A group did a, a survey of Americans to ask them about what is success, and I thought it was interesting that the road to success, and they kind of define success as making it, making it. Now, that, that making it is a little different for each one of us. Making it, perhaps you got up in the morning and boy, you had a really good cup of coffee and you made it, right? Or, or you got a raise at work and so you made it. You got a new house this year, so you made it, whatever. But one of the interesting things here, whether status kids, um, friends, education, hours work, commute time, etc. one of the things I noticed, except with education, basically if you had a bachelor's, you felt like you made it, is what Americans said. But with, with that exception, it seemed that every single, every single one of these categories, they wanted something they didn't have now. If they were single, they thought making it was being married. If they had zero kids, they thought having two kids was making it. If they had three friends, having four friends was making it. And, and on, on the line, if we were driving 17 minutes to work, Driving 10 minutes of work was really make, uh, was making, whatever the cat category may be. But it just gives us a little snapshot. Many times we view success as something I don't yet have. Would you agree with me? I don't have it, and if I had that, I'd be successful. We all fall prey to that, myself included. We get into these, these, mental, these mental games in our minds. Well, I don't have that, so I really haven't made it yet. What is success to you? What is success to you? What was God saying to Joshua? Joshua, you're going to have good success. Now, you could take that and you could run with it and you can apply all sorts of, of physical, tangible items to that good success and we'd be missing the point. You agree? 
We'll define good success in a little bit, but I want us to realize God was saying, Joshua, if you're going to have good success in this new venture, this new place of leadership, you're going to have to follow some principles that I'm laying down, some instructions that I'm laying down. And those same things that God told Joshua then are true still today. And we can benefit from this. In fact, Paul told the Corinthians, those things, the Old Testament, was written for our example, for our learning. And I want to learn from Joshua's life and from God's interaction with Joshua's life today. Don't you? All right, three of you. Don't you? All right. Are you ready? Let's, let's jump in. First of all, I want, us to realize, I want us to realize this was a transitional season for Joshua. A transitional season. I was thinking about this matter of transition. You know, sometimes we think about transition being between two jobs or transitioning into married life or transitioning to a new location. But do you realize that life is really a series of transitions? It really is. Most of us want maybe for us making it is just getting to a stable place where there's no more transitions. But do you realize moment by moment we're transitioning? Life is constantly moving. And it's, there, there's, there's uncertainty all around us in all, of that, in all of that transition. For Joshua, this was a season of loss. Now I know some of you have been through some seasons of loss this year. And even as you've come through the past couple, couple weeks, your heart is heavy with a reminder of who you do not have in your life. I'm sorry. That's difficult. And I want to remind you that God told Joshua, who had just experienced the loss of a mentor, I'll still be with you. I realize that doesn't, that doesn't take away their physical presence or something about their physical presence, but could I just remind you or divert your attention back to who you do have in your life? I'm not dismissing, but God says, I will be with you. I will be with you. You need to remember that, hold on to that, cling to that. You're here today, and I'm so grateful for that. There's a family here, and no, we can't replace who that is in your life, but God says, I will be with you. And one of the amazing things about a church family is the presence of the Holy Spirit. And through the presence of one another, we can be the presence of God in each other's lives. We can be the hands, the feet, the mouth of Jesus. That, that is one of the reasons why we need to treat each other with kindness. And we need to treat each other with love. We never know what everyone's going through. Those feelings are very difficult. Joshua was in a season of loss. Notice verse number one. Now after the death of Moses. He had spent some 35 years trailing Moses. The ups, the downs. He is the only, along with Caleb, the only other one that didn't die in the wilderness. Because he had faith when they went into the promised land. Oh, we are able, we're well able to go up there with the Lord's help and take the promised land. Well, the other 10 spies said, no, no, no way. There's big guys up there. We can't go up there. There's no way. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. And they used all sorts of hyperbole uh, to describe the situation. And it was Joshua that said, no, we can. Along with Caleb, we can. 35 years He'd been under the mentorship of Moses. That's a long time to develop a relationship. Your hearts would weave. They've been through ups and downs together. The Bible says in 
Deuteronomy chapter 34 and verse number 7, and Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. How many say, my natural force is abating? It's going away, right? right? Uh, but God says of, of, of Moses, he was just a power. It was a dynamo of activity. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. Now just a note there, we all mourn in different ways. By the way, we should be very careful with, with critiquing people's mourning. I'll preach funerals sometimes and, and find, well, I'm just, I, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm, I'm not very, very emotional. And they're, they're, they're trying to justify isn't the right word, but they're trying to explain, explain why they aren't responding like somebody else. I always say, mourning's different for us all. And sometimes it's easy to get over, and sometimes it's not so easy to get over and takes a longer time. And so here they're mourning for 30 days. 30 days, friend, a whole month. They're mourning together, men and women, mourning the loss of Moses. And I just want us to realize that Joshua was in the mix on that. He had lost a mentor, and it was a season of loss for him. And so like Joshua, we've faced seasons of loss here in this past year. And it's not just the loss by death, but loss by, by severing of relationships, burnt bridges. We, uh, there's, there's different ways of, of losing. Maybe it's, it's someone that you really tracked well with, but they've gone away from the Lord, and you've continued on, and you don't have the same sense of camaraderie anymore. Maybe it's the loss of a job. Maybe it's the loss of some financial uh, independence and stability. And the reality is we all have faced different losses and go through season of losses just like Joshua. I don't know what 2024 will bring, but we should be mindful of the reality that losses will likely come. Joshua is in a season of loss. It's also a season of adjustment, a season of adjustment. Notice in verse number uh, one there with me, uh, verse number one, uh, one and, and the, the latter part of it. And it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister. Now all along here, God had been dealing with Moses. He had been, he had been leading Moses and having Moses to lead the people of Israel. But now that, that this had changed, now that Moses was gone, the mantle of leadership was being placed upon Joshua. In fact, up in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 34 and verse number 9, and Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands upon him, and the children of Israel hearkened unto him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. And so there was a transfer of leadership from Moses onto Joshua even before Moses walked up into that mountain and, the, uh, and he died and the Lord buried him. You can go back and re uh, realize that in Deuteronomy 34. So there was an adjustment for not only Joshua, but there was going to be adjustment for the people of Israel as they began to follow a new leader. And the Bible says here in, in Deuteronomy 34.10, And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. Now catch that. Whom the Lord knew face to face. 
That's quite a description. Let's not run past that. The Bible says that, that, that Moses had such a relationship with God that God knew him face to face. That's powerful. Would you like to lead after somebody like that? I mean, it was the same God, but Moses was an incredible leader because he had an incredible relationship with God. It goes on. In all the signs and wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all the land and in all the mighty, mighty hand and in all the great terror which Moses showed in the sight of all Israel. I mean, he was a, he was a dynamo of, of God's power and that he was a representative before all the people of Israel and, and before the world leader of the day, Pharaoh, I mean, you talk about a, a legend, a legacy, Moses had it. And his legacy was this, there's, there's no one else that's ever arisen in Israel like to Moses and how God, he knew God and how God knew him. You think about a season of adjustment going from that to Joshua. Now, Joshua was a great individual. It's a mighty war and whom God had raised up for that time, but just realized there was a, an adjustment that was coming. We are going from, from older leadership to a younger leader. And it wasn't that much. In, in fact, he was probably about 85. So 120 versus 85 here, but he's still younger. Didn't quite have the experience that, that Moses had going from the, the known to the unknown. Have you ever heard the statement, you have big shoes to fill? You have big shoes to fill. I heard someone once say, no, I will just wear my own. You can't honestly fill someone else's shoes. You have to be who God made you to be, and God has raised you up for that moment. By the way, if you're struggling with that, some of that adjustment, and you're like, I can't be what they are, stop trying to be what they are. God made you for that moment. God made you for that home. God made you for this place. God made you for that place of service that he's put you in and god was making joshua for that but that doesn't that doesn't cancel out the intimidation that goes on in our own hearts of trying to follow someone who is well respected we oftentimes compare ourselves and here's joshua making this adjustment to the next to the uh, to this new season of life one author said Israel had to stop looking back to the good old days when Moses led and look ahead to the milk and honey of the promised land and embrace new leadership. It was time to move forward, time to go on. Transitions are a part of life. Seasons of transitions are a part of life. And yes, even, even the reality of death brings about transitions in our, our lives and adjustments in our lives that we have to embrace with the help of God. So until now, God had always spoke to spoke to Moses 110 times. 110 times in the scriptures, the Bible says that God came and spoke to Moses. Can you imagine having God come and speak to you 110 times? This is what I want you to do. I want you to go to the Red Sea, and I want you to stand there with the priest, and I want you to, to lift your rod out over it, and I, it's going to part. Can you imagine God speaking to you all those times? And he did. 
The Bible does not say before Joshua chapter number 1 that God spoke to Joshua, but God did speak to Moses. And until this time, God had put that leadership on Moses to lead the children of Israel, and Joshua was simply there as Moses says two times, the Bible says, his minister, his servant. You know, we learn a valuable lesson right there, a valuable lesson we should take into this year. We can't lead if we're not willing to serve. Do we catch that? There's a lot of people that want to lead but not serve. We cannot lead until we learn to serve. Joshua would be a good leader because he learned how to be a good servant. And the Bible brings that out in the New Testament through the words of Jesus. He says, the greatest among you, let him be your servant. Let him be your servant. And so now, Joshua 1 and verse number 1 the Bible says, and it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua. The Lord spake unto Joshua. You talk about a season of adjustment, learning to receive the word of God and then lead the people. Boy, this was a season for Joshua where he was now receiving the responsibility. This is the word of the Lord. Now go lead with it. All those other times, 110 times, Moses, I have some instruction for you. Now, Moses is off the scene. Joshua, I have some instructions for you. I'm thankful we all have the word of God today. And the Lord speaks to us via the word of God and by his spirit. Yes, he uses preaching. He uses teaching. But God has given us his word. And we ought to be all ears to it, friends. We ought to be all ears to it. We ought to realize it's an incredible responsibility to hear, to be able to read the word of God. It's an incredible responsibility. Joshua was adjusting to this, this new point in his life. Promotion doesn't come from the north or the south, the Bible says. It comes from God. God had brought him up through the ranks and put him in this place of leadership. Joshua, in going forward, didn't forget the past 75 times. Moses is mentioned inside of the book of Joshua. It was evident that, that this man, Moses, meant a great deal to Joshua. And good leaders aren't going to disparage the past. They're going to build on the past. They're going to go forward from it. You know that, that you will never do the same, go about things the same way that somebody else did, and they won't go about it the same way that you did. In our world, we always have to constantly tear apart past leaders and, 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 and others, uh, others besides us, but realize we can, we can take the position that God has given us, that specific calling, and build on whatever is behind us. And we ought to do that even in this, this coming year. And so Joshua was moving forward in this season of adjustment. And life adjustments can be challenging. They can be intimidating. First-time parents, uh, a new job, a, a different stage of life, a new stage of spiritual growth, or some season of trials. All these things can be difficult to walk through. New location. But the reality is, even in those seasons of adjustment, adjustment the Lord came and spake to Joshua. Listen, what you need in your, series, uh, your season of adjustment is not somebody else's word. You need the word. You need the word of God. It will guide you. You say, how can a, a, a book written so many years ago guide me? No, this is the living word. This is not just some reference book. This is the living word. And if you allow it to be into your life and you'll uh, turn to it in those seasons of adjustment, friends, how it will make a difference in that time, just like it did for Joshua. This was a transitional season for him and was accompanied by a new assignment. 
Notice this God-given commission in verse number two. I'm going to ask you to read it out loud with me, uh, on verse number two together. Let's get all of our eyes there together. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now read together. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Arise and go. Arise and go. What's this commission that he's been given? Move forward, Joshua. It's time to get out of the plain of Moab. It's time to put aside the mourning. We had to mourn. We had to have that closure. By the way, just to say another word about that, mourning's important. It's a part of a healing process. The Bible talks about going into the house of mourning. And even there, that the living lay it to heart. And we're able to, we're able to grapple with things there. So that mourning process is important. God's not setting that aside. But he's saying there is a time to rise up and go. Joshua's time to lead this people forward. You can't stay at Moab. You, you can't stay in this plain and continue to, to, to mourn the loss. You, you must go forward, arise, and go out. The idea of arise is simply as it sounds, to, to get up and to go, to go somewhere, to move forward. It says, arise and go. Moses had called the people and was called by God to lead the people out of Egypt. Now Joshua is being called of God to lead the people into the promised land, out of the wilderness into the promised land. But there's some challenges. They're on the, they're on the, the uh, east side of the Jordan River, and, and it was going to be a challenge for them to, to go over the Jordan, just like it was a challenge to go over the Red Sea, uh, the Red sea and, and see that divided. Uh, it was going to be a challenge for them to go over, but he was to lead them out of the wilderness, out of this period of wandering, and to go into the, the promised land. All this people so easy to skip over a few words all this people well how many is that 10 that a couple thousand the numbers 26 census if you go on there and read it shows us that there were 600 plus thousand men who were able old enough 20 years and older and able to go to war that was that census if you multiply that out Many estimate that there are well over 2 million people that Joshua, the Bible says, all of them were to be led over. Now, you get, you get a group of people together, 10 people together, you have 12 different opinions, right? Isn't that how that works today? People aren't even happy with themselves. They can't even agree with themselves. They're not even united with themselves anymore. They're at war with themselves. And you think about the, the mammoth undertaking. Of this, of this man, one man, with some helpers to lead this people into the, into the land of promise. You remember what happened the last time? Joshua was there. We can't go in. No way. We're siding with those 10 guys. We're not going in. We're not going up against those giants. And 40 years, they wasted their lives wandering around in the wilderness, dying off till the next generation rose up, and they were going to be led in by Joshua. Do you think that Joshua had any glimmer of thought well, I hope this generation doesn't respond like the last generation. By the way, don't let the past generation dictate how you go forward. Don't let your parents, your grandparents, and things, mistakes made in the past dominate you in this day. 
one of the most sobering things about that whole story is that God says to a whole generation, says, okay, fine, have it your way. Waste your life wandering around in the wilderness. All the while, I'm going to teach, I'm going to teach your children that when they wake up and they see the, the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire moving about, I'm going to teach them to follow the will of God step by step from one place to another all the way through the wilderness. Makes no sense. We're just wandering around, but I'm going to teach them to simply obey the word of the Lord. And so while one generation wasted their lives in the wilderness, another generation was coming up under them learning to simply obey the Lord. And so now Joshua had this mandate, this new commission, get up and lead them in, lead them in. He was going to have the opportunity to see the Jordan River open and dry ground appear for them to walk across on. There are no bridges there. They didn't have any military-grade um, bridges they can throw out over the river. No, they, they were going to see a mighty move of the Lord, and what an amazing thing. So many godly leaders, like Joshua, have been criticized, persecuted, attacked, for saying, all right, it's time to move forward, move on. And like Moses had experienced, people that did not want to follow, I'm thankful that these folks followed. And they said, all right, we're going we're gonna to move forward, but I know this much. We dare not sit still when God has told us to rise and go. You dare not sit still this year when God has given you a commission. Yes, we all know the Great Commission. The Great Commission, God has given us each the responsibility to reach people. We need to ask God, help me to reach someone this year. I was thinking about that, the, the folks that we've seen saved this year, but I'd like to see God do more. I'd like to see God in many of your lives give you someone to lead to him this year. Some of you need a rise and go. I'm not talking about just going and hitting a door. I'm talking about going to a neighbor you haven't invited yet. I'm talking about opening the conversation with a friend. And they, don't, they have not heard your testimony of faith in Jesus Christ. A rise and go, Joshua. Let's, let's get up and get going. It's time to move forward. It's time to embrace this season and, and get, on, uh, get on with it. And so whether it's in that, that step in your family, to rise and make that spiritual decision or getting right with somebody that you have resentment towards and arise and going and being the proactive in that way. Arise and get going. Do not sit still when God has said, get up and go. You agree with me? It's easy to get really comfortable sitting in, in, in a place. Remember I told you about, I think it was Wednesday night, we talked about the second temple being built. They came and they had a little bit of opposition as they came back from Babylon. So they got some opposition and so they stopped the temple with just the foundation and then for 15 years they walked by that temple. That astounds me. It astounds me. We can waste whole chunks of our life sitting still. Let me ask you, are you in a period of sitting still when God has told you to move, and maybe that, that statement, that mandate, that commission has, has been five years ago. Maybe it was earlier this past year. What's going to take for you to, to listen like Joshua? What is it going to require in your life for you to rise up and get going? I, I, can't, I can't say specifically what it is. You know, what, you know this between you and God. 
But it, it's time to move. And I, I really encourage you in this year, heed these words from the Lord. Arise and go. Well, is it going to be easy? No, you're going to have to go over the Jordan. And once you get there, there's going to be a lot of battles. Well, what's the use then? Well, God said arise and go. Get going, arise and go, Joshua. Move and to accompany this. It's almost a little bit comical. There's, this is a lot. The, the handle, rise, go over the Jordan, into the land, uh, do all this battle. Uh, this, is, this is a pretty big job. And then God says, and by the way, be courageous. Don't be wimpy, Joshua. If I had had that, man, I've been losing some sleep. How am I going to get over the Jordan? This is a huge task ahead of him. One author said the, the size and duration of the task ahead, the pressures of leading such an obstinate people, the absence of his spiritual mentor, Moses, were perhaps heavy on Joshua's mind at this time, no doubt. How are we going to do this? I've not been in this position before. It's a whole different ballgame. Hey, you can look at a leader and you can, you can be an you can be a, a armchair quarterback and saying what they ought to do, but it, it takes a whole different feeling when you're standing in the place of a leader. When you realize all that goes into that decision, when you realize why the decision might be taking a little bit longer, totally different ballgame. Hey, teenage guys, you can, you can think. You can think, I know how my dad ought to do it, but it's a whole different ballgame when you're a dad. And all the dad said... All right, that was all the dad said. Well, we'll get it. But you know what I'm saying? It's a whole different ballgame. As a teenager, I knew how to parent. Right? I didn't know how it all goes. It's a totally different ballgame when your mom. So now he's he's the leader. He has to lead them over. God says every uh, every area your your foot's going to touch. It's going to be yours. But you've got to go out there and touch it. I promised it to you, but you've got to go out there and put your feet on the land. You've got to engage in the battle. You've got to be courageous in this. And the Bible gives us, in verse number 4, gives us the, the span of land that, that was promised to them, first to Abraham, then to Moses in Exodus chapter 23. Look at the span of land. Give me the map, guys, if you would. Uh, next one, there we go. Look at this. The span of land all the way from the Euphrates to the Mediterranean, from north to south, from Lebanon all the way down to the area of the Hittites and, and so on. He was to have all this land. By the way, the blue there is what they, they are inhabiting today. Just remember, they have far less than what God has already given to them. And you've heard this from the river to the sea, Palestine shall be free. You've heard that chant, haven't you? What is that? Let's erase them off. Let's push them out. God has already given them that land. They have rights to that land. There's historical rights to that, um, that land, and, and so on. So I, I just want us to real, uh, realize that, but this is what has been promised to them. Over and over in Scripture, this is what had been, had been given to the, um, to the people of Israel, but they were going to have to step out and put their feet on the land. Now, they did that in many places, Jericho, Ai, and, and et cetera, as you track through um, Joshua, they didn't do it everywhere. And uh, that's, a, that's a lesson in and of itself. But this was a big job. It's a big job. Having been over there, um, I didn't get beyond, we didn't get beyond the Jordan, but uh, traveling down from Galilee, 
north Israel down to Jerusalem. Uh, if you'd give me those pictures that you showed a moment ago, uh, it, it is a dry, dusty, mountainous terrain. It wasn't going to be easy. Man, when, when, it, when it talks about Jesus going from Jerusalem all the way up to Galilee and walking it, and we, we just like, oh, n- no big deal. No, it's a big deal. Mary and Joseph coming down from Nazareth to Bethlehem is a big deal. That was not easy terrain. They did not have motorized chariots. They had mules, donkeys, horses, etc. They didn't escape them. They did not have mules with air conditioning. And you need it over there. It is hot. This is going to take work. And so God says, you be courageous. Listen, the will of God, the will of God is not always easy. Very seldomly is it easy. But he says, be courageous. Be courageous. Many times we sit still because we're afraid we're afraid it's going to be hard and it's going to require something of us. It's going to require effort. It's going to require a rearranging of our priorities. It's going to require, it's going to require some sacrifice. If you're going to serve God, it's going to require sacrifice. It's going to require effort. Do you think at the end of Joshua when he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord? Do you think that was just easy? Everyone stands back and says, Yay, Joshua, you're going to serve the Lord. We're for you. No, your neighbors aren't going to stand back and say, Great, you're going to serve the Lord. Your family members, not all of them, are going to stand back and say, Great, you're going to serve the Lord with your whole heart. And you're going to lead your family to do the same. Your coworkers aren't going to stand back and clap for you. It's going to take effort. There's battles that have to be won. There's battles that have to be fought. There's places you're feet need to go and stand on just like they would have to and so god said be very be very courageous giants walled cities the ugliness of battle i think we've seen a little bit of that the ugliness of battle and may i just sidestep for a second here some people wonder why did god call them into the land to destroy all the canaanites do you realize that all the way back when egypt um, when the people of israel were still in egypt god said the cup of iniquity of the Canaanites is not yet full. God gave them a space of grace to, to repent and to turn uh, to turn to him and, and, and to believe on him, but they, they did not. They continued and they were, they were steeped in sexual wickedness and, and offering children child sacrifice. Friends, I'm telling you what, right now, I, I, I think about that and I realize that God has judged societies and nations for far less than what America is, is dripping guilty of. The sexual perversion that is going on, the fact that this, this, this week our governor refused to sign for the protection of children are being preyed upon by big money hospitals in, 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 our, in our state. Not, not hearsay, documented facts. Not we need more data, documented facts. And says, no, we can continue to give them the change hormones, etc. We can change them, no, no problem, and vetoed that bill. 
Something is wrong. This is not a political thing. This is a, this is a spiritual, this is a moral thing. Protect the children. By all means, protect the children. Something's wrong. And so, as they were coming to the land, yes, Israel had problems, but God was using them as his instrument of judgment upon a very, very wicked people. This was not a genocide. This was, this was God bringing justice and judgment, righteous judgment upon a people. And by the way, as Israel would slip into those same ways, he would bring wicked nations to judge them for the same thing. Child sacrifice, look no further than the abortion industry. So there's much wickedness that's going on in that day. But he was to move forward with courage in the anticipation of God's promises. I want us to realize it wasn't to stop there. This great commission that he had on his life, this God-given commission, he would need the help of the Lord to accomplish this, and so don't we. And I want us to realize that God said, hey, Joshua, if you'll take my word and if you'll abide by it, if you'll observe it, you're going to have good success. There is success to be had in what I'm giving you to do. There is success. God does not give you something for you to fail at it. He does not call you to, to say, ah, just, just blow it. No, he, he has called you, and through his power and through his might, he wants to make you triumphant or successful in that. I said, and I asked you earlier, what is success? What is success? I hope you have your pens out. We learned this earlier in 2023 as we studied experiencing God in the growth group hour. But success is this. Good success can be defined as knowing and doing the will and the word of God. Knowing and doing the will and the word of God. Really, the will and the word are, 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 are very much the same. He, he, he gives us his will through his word and by his Holy Spirit. Jesus said, as he came to the conclusion of his ministry in John 17, I have glorified thee on the earth, I'm praying to the Father, I have glorified thee on the earth, I have finished the work that thou gavest me to do. What was success in the eyes of God? Jesus finishing the work that he had been given. 1 John 2 and 17, And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. People are trying to figure out how can we live longer? How can we, how can we live um, more satisfying lives? How can, we, how can we have what we want? How can we really make it? God says, you do the will of God. That's a person that abides forever. That's a person who has a lasting legacy. Jonathan Edwards was quoted at, a, at the front end of a year. His New Year's resolution was this. I will live for God. I will live for God. And if no one else does, I still will. What is that? I'm going to do the will of God. I'm going to do the will of God. Why don't we make that our goal, our prayerful goal, and put action steps to it? How am I going to go about that? I'm going to be in the Word so I know it. So there was good success to be had, and that good success to be had would be found in Joshua's obedience to the Word. His obedience to the Word. Notice in verses 7 and 8, there are two times that God instructs Joshua here to observe all the law. Observe it all. What is observing? To, to pattern your life after it, to, um, to make sure that you're following after it, to conform your living to it. And so he says, observe to do according to all the law. What does that have to do with me being a great military leader? Everything, Joshua. 
I'm going to guide you step by step. Where to go, go to um, Jericho, uh, go to AI. I'm going to guide you step by step, but you better listen to everything I say and everything I've given, given to, to Moses. This, this law is the Torah, the first five books. You have, hold up your Bibles this morning, you have 66 books here. You have the completed word of God. Joshua had the first five. He had the first five. And God says, I want you to take this, read it. I want you to, to, to receive it as authoritative. I want you to follow after it. You do everything that's written in there. Everything I share with Moses, you do it all. You follow it to the letter. And that's how you're going to have good success. Good success is knowing and doing the will and the word of God. How would Joshua practically have this? Well, it won't, it won't be had without having it in your mouth. What does he mean by that? Be a part of your speaking. Be a part of your, your conversation. But Moses had told the people in Deuteronomy 17 and verse 18, and it shall be when he that sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom, he shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priest and the Levites, and it shall be with him, and he shall read it therein all the days of his life. That was a description for spiritual leaders for kings in the land of Israel. You're to take this, and you're to copy your own copy, and you're to read it all the days of your life. All the days of your life. To be a part of what you do on a daily basis. Don't let it depart. Don't let it discontinue from your lips. It ought to be a part of your reading every single day, just like was required of the spiritual leaders there in Egypt or in, in Israel, according to, the, uh, to Deuteronomy. It was to be a part of them. Read it. You cannot know the will of God and do it without having a steady diet of His Word. This isn't a checklist Christianity. Friends, you and I need God's Word like we need our food. Friends, the times that I'm out of whack and that I'm not doing well spiritually are the times that my time in the Word is struggling. How many of you would agree with that? By the way, you say, Pastor, do you have, do you have times where you, it just seems dry? Yes. We all do. I'm no different than you. And friends, the busyness of life can get on us and we can go to it, oh, I've got to get through this today as opposed to going through that, God, would you speak to me and would you feed me? You know there is a difference? It's a huge difference. Well, I got that done. I'm a pretty good Christian. Or God, would you speak to me? Joshua, don't let it depart out of your mouth. Be in the book. Read it every day. Read it every day. But more than that, let it be a part of your mind. Meditate on it day and night. When you go to bed, think about it. When you rise up, think about it. Be thinking about it. Keep my word like embers on a fire, you know, the embers of a fire, keep it stoked in your mind. Keep it going. Keep it, keep it a part of your thoughts. Psalm 119 and 15, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto all thy, thy ways. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Listen, the reason it's important that the word of God be in your meditation, it will dominate your actions if it is. If Joshua did not read the word, if he did not meditate on it, how could he expect to do it? To do it. So, having good success starts with reading it. 
So simple. So simple. But you know, it's mournful to realize how many Christians get in a rut, not slapping you, saying we, it happens, and they read very, very little of the Word of God. Maybe I'm talking to you and that hits really close to home. Stop looking back. What are you going to do about it this year? He said, I've tried before. It's time to try again. With God's help, you need this book. You need it. It needs to be in you. You say, well, I don't understand it all. Listen, you keep on reading. It's better to get a little than stop because you didn't get a lot. And Satan, like, it's no use. You can't understand. You have the same Holy Spirit of God who is the one who will guide you into all truth. Have you asked him, open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law? I need your word every single day, meditating on it, thinking on it. Oh, how, how would that, that go? Put it in front of you. Write it out in three by five car. Put it on your, your phone screen. Do whatever you need. Make a verse image every day that you, uh, that you put on your desktop. Whatever you need to do to get it in front of you and to keep it on your mind, do so, do so. But then Joshua was to do it, everything, observe, to conform his actions to it. The Bible says the one that looks into the perfect law of liberty and then continues on and does nothing about it, that's a forgetful hearer. But the one that, that takes the word of God, he looks into the word of God and he, he does it, that one is, a, is a, a, a hearer that has remembered and he's done well. And that Bible says, James 1.25, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Blessed. There's a lot of connection between having God's word in your life and acting upon it and blessing. And blessing. You need the word of God. You need the word of God. Out there on the table in the lobby, there's some study Bibles that I've put out there, just about three of them, and then a commentary. Put them out there for you to peruse through. Some of you say, I struggle to understand. Maybe this year you need to buy yourself a belated Christmas gift. Get yourself a study Bible that has some notes, some guides to help answer some questions along the way. You might spend $30, $50, $60 at the highest. There's a commentary out there. I think that runs around $40. It, uh, it describes every section of Scripture. It has a, 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 an explanation of every section of Scripture. I use it. I give, I, I give it away sometimes. It's a wonderful commentary, the Believer's Bible commentary. In fact, if you get it, sometimes you'll come to a pastor and you'll go, I think I know where pastor got that. And uh, maybe a quote or whatever. And so uh, it, there'll be a help to you. But the, the fact is, if you're not reading it, meditating on it, and doing it, then, then you're not going to have good success. God said... Your success, Joshua, did you notice that in verse number eight? Then shalt thou make thy way prosperous when you do it, and then thou shalt have good success. That's the key. Now, that success isn't going to look like a million dollars, but it is going to be good success in front of God. Good success is knowing and do doing the will and the word of God. Let's say that all together. Good success is knowing and doing the will and word of God. So do you know what's exciting about that? No matter where you are, financially, what neighborhood you live in, what job place you have, every single one of us can be successful in front of God. Every single one of us. You know what? Your family needs that, this church needs that, and this world needs that. So, he was to read, meditate, and do. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. You're true followers when you continue in my word. 
So the way to have good success has not changed. It's not changed. Never. It was the same thousands of years ago for Joshua, and it's the same for us today. You want good success? Don't get sidetracked by this world. The world will constantly say, this is success. If you have three friends, have four friends, and that's success. If you make this much, make this much, and that's success. No, 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 no. Success is knowing and doing the will and the word of God. All those other things God can take care of. God can take care of. But you need to be successful in the eyes of God, obeying his word, and so it must be in us. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Good success. Knowing and doing the will and word of God. So what would come as a byproduct of this Verse number nine, as we wrap this up. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. You know what? We can look into God's word and say, wow, this is what I need to do, but I still feel nervous. Two times, the front end and back end of this command to engage God's word, God says to Joshua, be strong and be of good courage. But here he links that courage to the presence of God. Friends, there's, there's, there's coupled thoughts here. We have the word of God that tells us, I'm with you. But when we drop the word of God and neglect it in our daily lives, we soon forget the presence of God. We soon forget his activity in the world and what he is planning to do. And I love what Brother Bud Stedman said he spoke here um, a while back in 2015, I'd written down this quote. If you lay aside the Bible, you will soon lose the sense of the presence of God. Problem is, when we lay aside the Bible, we often pick up other words. We pick up commentary, we pick up the, the narrative that goes on around us rather than what is true. And so I say to us, if we are going to be confident like Joshua could be in the presence of God, we have to have the word in our, in our lives. It has to be a, a part of us. And the reason we fear and we are dismayed and we get anxious is because we have we've neglected to take God at his word or we've neglected to pick up his word and allow it to be a part of us, to read it, to, to meditate upon it and do it, and we become fearful. Bible over and over tells us, don't fear, I'm with you. Don't fear, I'm with you. This is the word of the Lord. What did Jesus tell his disciples right before he left? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Remember, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the age. Hebrews 13, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He's always with us. His Holy Spirit, John 14, is with us and he abides with us forever. And so in these times of transition, Joshua is facing a time of transition. God says, now it's your responsibility. I'm speaking to you, Joshua. Lead them over the Jordan and into the land of promise, out of the wilderness, into the land of promise, Joshua, and you have my word. You have my word. And if you'll read it, if you'll meditate on it, and if you will do it, you'll be successful. You'll be able to know and do the will and the word of God. You'll be successful. Joshua, 
What are you going to do with God's word? Are you going to listen to it like Moses did? Are you going to lean to your own understanding? And I ask you, what are you going to do with God's word this year? Are you going to listen to other people? Or are you going to get into the word yourself? Today, I'd like to just kind of focus our attention on this matter. What am I going to do with God's word this year? It will determine whether you have good success. Oh, you might, you might have some other makings in, the, in, in, in this 2024. You might finally arrive at a certain point. But all that's kind of nil in, the, in light of eternity if you're neglecting God's word. We can't. This church will only be as strong as you and I together are embracing the word of God. Church is made up of individuals. It's not an organization that just kind of functions, you know, irregardless of what people do. No, the strength of this church rests on your shoulders and in, in your relationships with God. And your willingness to follow along and say, hey, I hear what pastor's saying. We're going we're gonna to go forward. We're going to take some challenge. We're going to step out. We're going to have God's word in our hearts. It's not going to be something I do as a, a checklist to just get by and be, you know, think myself spiritual. I'm going, to, I'm going to step into this because I truly need the word of God. And we do. We do. Just like then, and so it is today, good success comes when we fill our hearts and minds with God's word. And so I want to call you today to determine what you're going to do. I'm not going to tell you what to do. It's not my place. I'm going to call you to, what's your plan for this next year? What's your plan to approach the Word of God? There's some things that you need to tidy up from this year, some housekeeping maybe, some winter housekeeping. I need to listen to the Word. God's been speaking in my heart about this. I need to just do it. Well, get it done. Get it done. Rise and go. Rise and go. Get up and get going. But for most of us, we need to make some decisions this today. What am I going to do with God's word? And so I'd invite you to pray, and then I'm going to give us some opportunity to just decide on some things. Would you bow with me this morning? How many would say, Pastor, as I bow here, it is my heart. I, I, I so want to be like, like Joshua, who's, uh, who's entering into that time, that season of transition, and I'm going to be like him and just receiving the word of God. And I want to be able to read it, meditate on it, and do it. That's my heart. I, I want that to be who I am as I face these new challenges, as I face this new year. I want that to be who I am. That's my heart. And I'm going to make some decisions today uh, in regards to that. Do you say, Pastor, that God is working in my heart in this way? Specifically, he's working in my heart. Would you just raise your hand to the Lord in that matter? Amen. We're going to give you some action items to, to go on that. Praise the Lord. I'm going to say, Pastor, I, I, I'm thankful for what God has done in the past, but I'm not going to stay back there. I, I, I need, God has just been working in my heart. I need to arise and go. There's some sitting that I've done, but I need to arise and go like God told Joshua. And you say, that's how God worked in my heart today. Anyone like that today? I also want to give amen. I want to give this opportunity. Say, I need to believe in Jesus Christ. I, I've not yet trusted in Jesus Christ. But I need to believe in Jesus Christ. And God has been speaking to my heart about this matter. And uh, that's, that's what God's doing in my life today. Is anyone like that? I have questions about salvation, but I need to, I need to believe in Jesus Christ. 
I need to accept him as my personal Savior. Anyone like that today that has that need? No one looking around at me? None. I'm going to pray that God will help you with that. Anyone else? Let's stand to our feet. Father, would you guide us now as we just make some commitments to you? Lord, first just to, to say we're going to be in your word. We are going to read it. We are going to meditate on it. We are going to do it. Lord, I pray that you would give your people strength and grace for those that raised their hand and said they need to, to rise and go. I pray that you'd make that very specific. Please hinder Satan. Please bar Satan from bringing confusion into the midst, midst of that. And then, Lord, I pray for those that need to be saved. I pray that you would give them understanding, clarity, and the ability to place faith in you. We ask this in Jesus' name. With our heads bowed, the altar is open. I encourage you to find a place to pray. You said, God is working in my heart about this matter of embracing the word of God, read, to, do, um, to meditate, and to do. Um, we'd like to just make some decisions about that. Talk to the Lord. Tell him about that. So I encourage you to come and find a place. Make an altar. Make a decision for the Lord today. Say, I need to rise and go. Well, let's, let, let's arise and just take some time to pray right now and say, Lord, the next opportunity, I, I'm going to obey you in this, this way. My heart is to obey. may be seated in an attitude of prayer. I have one question, and I want us just to keep our heads bowed for this. I don't want to put anyone on the spot, and I'm, I'm not going to take notes on this, but I'd, I'd like to know, we hold in our hands this morning the Word of God, all 66 books. How many say, Pastor, it's not yet been my privilege. I'd like it to be, but it's not yet been my my privilege. I haven't yet accomplished this. I've not read through the Bible as of yet. Would you, would you just let me know that? Okay. I'm going to pray for you that God will help you with that. It'll be very, very rewarding. Look this way. I want to encourage all of us, no matter whether you've read it before, 
or whether you've read it, you, you, haven't, you haven't gotten through the Bible before, I want to I encourage you with a challenge. Out here in the, at the table in the lobby, there are some Bible reading plans, and there's one Bible reading plan that I'm suggesting this year. How many of you remember um, the Fresh Look Bible? Um, Joshua Smith that was here earlier this year, played the guitar. Um, so we're going to use his plan this year. At least that's the one that we're offering to you. If you have a different plan that you want to go on, you want to read through chronologically, I'm not telling you what to, what to read. But the challenge, as far as taking this challenge, will be any, any um, plan that leads you through the Bible in one calendar year. I want to challenge you to do that. And I want to also challenge you to stop by the, the table out there and to put your name down and put your cell phone a number down so that we can just encourage you along the way. But that's, that's my goal each year. I've done it once where I did a 90-day read. Whew, you know, I, I felt windblown after the end of that. Like I'd written, you know, just it was a rocket ride through the Bible. It was a lot of fun. But, uh, but anyway, I want to challenge the church, you, to read through the Bible this year. So some of you raised your hand and said, I have not done that yet. Make it your, your goal this year. And uh, to read it cover to cover. And uh, you can do that most of the time with 15 minutes of reading a day. So the, the, uh, the, the plan that's out there, there's a printed plan. And you can pick that up. Um, that's, that's yours for the taking. And if we run out, we'll print more. But there's a printed plan out there that will lead you through every, every day. And you're going to read through the, 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 new, uh, the Old Testament into the New Testament. Every day you'll have an alternation of um, Psalms and Proverbs. So you can check mark that. We'll also talk a lot more about Soap's Bible journey, journaling as we get into the new year. And uh, we'll do some really fun things on uh, Wednesday nights with that, specifically one Wednesday night a month uh, with the Soap's Bible journaling. That's explained inside of the guide. And so I want you to just um, be aware of that. That's something I'll deal with a little bit later. But for matters of today, I really want to encourage you to take the challenge to read a plan. Many of you read through on the, on the YouVersion app, read through the One Year Bible. If you, there's other um, whole Bible reading plans on there. If you'd rather uh, stay on there, that's fine. You do that. Um, but for matters of this challenge, uh, 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 choose a plan that leads you through the whole Bible in one calendar year. As a reward for that, come next, uh, next January, I'm going to do something we haven't done before, and I'd like to, um, those that did accomplish that come January 2025, we'll have a celebration dinner. We'll talk more about that at another time. But I really want to encourage you. It'll be a fun time, but I, I want to encourage you to make much of getting through the Bible uh, this year. And uh, challenge yourself. Make this a New Year's resolution or a plan. And the nice thing is the plan is already out there. It's on the table, and you can do that. Now, secondarily, with this plan that is available out there, and uh, sorry for the QR code that, that is sneaking onto the page there. That wasn't supposed to be that way. Um, so this, uh, this, uh, uh, it's available out there, just that plan. Look for that. But it's also available if you scan the QR code out on the table, not this one because you're only going to get half of it. Um, you can get it from, directly from Fresh Look Bible as a daily email. And you can subscribe. The first month is free. There's a trial. The, afterwards, you can pay 35 for the whole year, which is, is next to nothing. And you get the, 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 the same layout as Fresh Look Bible. There are samples out there. And one of the samples looks like, uh, like this um, here in the, in the corner. It's, it's laid out. Uh, really easy to read. You'll get a dark version or a light version um, in your email inbox. You can select that each day. So you get it sent to you as a reminder. Here's your reading for the day. Uh, the parts that you're not supposed to read are grayed out. 
And the cool thing is about every week there's going to be an overview video that he will provide just overviewing that, that section or the books that, that were involved in that, in that section. And so that will be sent, sent to you. So if you'd like to sign up for that, uh, the printed copy follows along. So you can follow along in your own Bibles, but if you'd like to sign up for that, maybe go a little bit deeper into the Fresh Look, uh, Fresh Look Bible format. Um, you, you can sign up for those emails every day. And I've already signed up for the email. I'm looking forward to doing that. I've done a lot of listening to the Bible. I've done that for years. This year, I'm going to seek to use the Fresh Look Bible and just uh, read it in that, in that format. So whatever through the Bible plan you use, fine, sign up, say, I, I've selected that, sign up. You don't have to sign up in order, but at the end of the year, at the end of the year, um, when you finish it, I want to hear from you and say, hey, I, I've finished this, and then, and then we'll get you an invite to, uh, to that special celebration dinner. But I really want to encourage you to read through the Bible. There's the other Bibles out there, samples. There's the samples of the Fresh Look Bible out there on the table. I'll be around in the lobby. If you have any questions, certainly just, uh, just ask. But uh, make, this, make this kind of your action item out of today. All right, if the Lord's working in your heart, just start somewhere. Start somewhere, and that starts tomorrow morning, all right? And tomorrow morning, uh, read your Bible, or at noontime, read your Bible, and we'll praise the Lord for how he works in our lives. And in this, you will have good success if you read, meditate, and do. Do the Word of God. Why? Because good success is knowing and doing the will and Word of God. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To learn more about Grace Baptist or how to have eternal life, visit gracekettering.org. And remember, you are always welcome at Grace Baptist Church.